0: Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Dotus Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account That's DonorsTrust.org trust slash just news. <laughs>
1: Hello, ladies. Hello, gentlemen. This is the Victor Davis Hanson Show. I'm Jack Fowler. The host, the namesake and star, Victor Davis Hanson, is the Martin and Ely Anderson Sr. Fellow at the Hoover Institution, the Wayne and Marsha Buskey Distinguished Fellow in History at Hillsdale College. We're going to get a lot of wisdom from Victor today. We are recording on Sunday, June 19th, which is Father's Day. Late Happy Father's Day to those listeners who are fathers. And I believe this podcast will be aired on Thursday, which may be the 23rd. But we will start off today talking about the January 6th hearings, which keep going on and on, and what's come up in them about former Vice President Mike Pence. And we'll get some wisdom from Victor about that right after these important messages.
2: They've discovered a limited-time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive one billion dollars in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over one billion dollars in tax debts and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit TNUSA.com slash Victor. TNUSA.com slash Victor.
0: At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion. Hunter Biden and the security and intelligence failures that preceded We're back
1: with the Victor Davis Hansen show. So, Victor, I know you've been following these hearings. Mike Pence last week, again, we're talking about we're recording on the 19th, and his staff and what he did on the day on January 6th, and who he talked to before, and Donald Trump's attacks of Pence the day of and afterwards, all is you know one of the major Points that have come out about that hearing, even if you don't like the hearings and don't think they're legitimate. I'm not talking about you, Victor, directly, but the fact is that there is some political machinations going on here related to Mike Pence. So Mike Pence is in the news, Victor. Do you think his uh, political future is gone? And separately, do you think Donald Trump's critiques, criticisms, attacks, whatever, of Pence have been helpful to Trump or harmful to Trump?
3: Well, it, it's been neutral or maybe helpful to his base, but it's been harmful for those who would categorize themselves as I don't want Trump to run again, but if it's a question between a Biden or a Harris or somebody of that ill and Trump, I will vote for him. But that group is not as energetic and not predictably or reliably going to vote. So yeah, it hurts him politically. Mike Pence is not the enemy. Mike Pence is sort of a solid guy who's conservative. Does he have a political future? Not as a presidential candidate. And that has nothing to do with Trump because he wasn't a presidential candidate before Trump. And so what would he be good at? If you get a Republican non-Trump administration in 2024, he'd be a very, very capable cabinet secretary. I think that's probably what his future is, or he could run for Senate someday, but he's not the enemy. Just like Bill Barr, for all the problems with Bill Barr, Bill Barr was not the enemy. And Trump, for all of his good qualities... He has this you're either with me or against me and there are people who would be with him but they're not willing to go all the way in about the 2020 election was there discrepancies jack we've done over a thousand times yes there were but that was usually in the march april sequence when the left in a very organized well-financed manner changed voting laws and In the final months, as we saw in that, was it Molly Bell or whatever her name was, it wrote in Time Magazine bragging how they had basically hijacked the election through Mark Zuckerberg and others. And she was bragging about it, dark money. And so if you want to go back and if you're Donald Trump and you want to go replay the 2020 election, it's very simple. Mr. Trump, there were 102 million ballots that were not cast on election day, the error rate in most states, not all, but the error rate declined by sometimes a magnitude of eight to 10. So instead of having rejection rates of three to 5%, it was 0.2 or 0.3 or 0.4. And if you use that Denominator, and you go through 102 million ballots, you could have had 5 million ballots that would have been thrown out for improper addresses or not matching registration or no signature. And that is what changed. And that was all done under the cloak of big tech money and COVID lockdowns and a concentrated Mark Elias spearheaded effort to change voting laws. And I wish people would concentrate on that rather than somebody just switch votes on election day. That could have happened, but that I don't think, I don't think most people feel that it's salutary to go back there. So what Donald Trump should be doing right now, right now is saying, I'm not going to talk about the 2020 election except in one context. I'm not going to allow it to the same type of shoddy, unchallenged uh, early voting or mail-in ballot as a new norm, I'm going to lobby in the states that they clamp down on balloting that would fail by any other standard any other year. And if he did that, I think he'd win support. But then he would say, that's not my main agenda. My main agenda is a contract with you, the American people. And he can't just say, I want energy and sufficiency. He has to say, I want energy sufficiency. And this is what we're going to do. Here is nuclear power. Here is wind and solar. Here's natural gas. Here's clean coal. Here's oil. And here's where we're going to get them. And here's how we're going to do it. Blueprint. I know that they don't like to do that because then people nitpick. And then he's going to say, and this is how we're going to stop. And we've all spent too much money, not as much as Joe Biden, but we're going to work toward a balanced budget in five years or six years. And we're going to save this country. And if he did that, on the budget and everything. He would win in a landslide. But when he does this and he thinks that the enemy is Mike Pence or Bill Barr, they're not, they're not. They are traditional Republican establishments that moved a little bit right during the mood of the country. And I don't think they're the answer to the problems of the United States. I believe that the MAGA agenda was far superior to the Republican establishment. But I think that Bill Barr was a man of integrity. I think Mike Pence is a man of integrity. I know people listening to this are going to get angry. And I just wish that Donald Trump would now pivot and says, if he wants to be a candidate, he's going to give us a detailed blueprint and hit the ground running. And I think it would do wonders for his chances, but not to replay 2020 in general and not to just harangue Mike Pence and all that. Right. You
1: yeah, know, Victor, I've probably beaten a dead horse uh, criticism of conservative journalists who have attacked the president, you never know, Trumpers, et cetera, as um, folks who just did not get it that the times have changed, like the Bible has said, you know, to every season and the seasons have changed. The seasons change for everybody. Seasons change also for Donald Trump. So, to, you know, you, you need to adjust to the season. And the season, I think you've pointed out, is what it is. It's not 2020. So uh, I think your words of advice are, are uh, spot on. If we can stick a little sideways to, um, to January 6th, and then we're going to talk about Joe Biden and your favorite person in the world who's not named Anthony Fauci. And that would be Pete Buttigieg. Um, well, let's talk about this. Uh, I say cancelate. And it's not cancellation. It's assault on free speech, my view. The old Washington Redskins, right now known as the commanders, they have a coach, Jack Del Rio, who was commenting about the January 6th attack madness at the Capitol and he called it a dust-up at the Capitol because he compared it with all the insanity that followed the riots, The George, we'll call them the George Floyd riots. He was quickly condemned by the team management publicly and fined $100,000. The management said, yeah, he has, a, he has a First Amendment right to his opinion, but I guess it has to be the right opinion or you're going to... $100,000 is a lot of money. Maybe not for... Mark Zuckerberg. But I have to think even for an assistant coach on the Washington, I to call them the Redskins. Victor, do you have any thought about that little
3: episode? This is just insane. I mean, what's happening now is that these corporations, and that's what the Redskins are, as a corporation. They are extending their perception. I mean, they're posing as if they're avatars or guardians of diversity, equity, inclusion, and progressivism, because they feel that that's the future of the country. So they're wrong on that. But they feel that they can intrude into a person's personal life and thought, and they can control it in a way that they think they have a right because it affects the perception of their commodity. And they don't. And that would be bad enough, but they're asymmetrical. So do they understand that Colin Kaepernick single-handedly did two things. He got fabulously rich by trashing the United States and doing things like wearing tennis shoes that portrayed police as pigs at a time of, they were suffering record fatalities while on duty. And he almost destroyed 10% of NFL revenues for over two years. And they said nothing, nothing. And so what gets me is they don't have a right to go in and police people's ideas, their very thoughts, their musings, their expression. They don't have a right then to be so asymmetrical. I mean, they have a right in the sense that they're the employer and they can fire somebody. But they don't understand this tsunami that's coming and it's coming and they don't understand it. And they think it's some kind of reactionary, you know, what Peter Strzok said, you know, the guys with no teeth are smelly at walmart it's not it's everybody and so i I think they're going to really rule what they're doing and uh, it's scary but this january 6th thing is so weird it's kind of like the political fetish the counterpart to the drag queen phenomenon because we had a regrettable riot in the capitol and five people died four of them trump supporters one and maybe two violently Trump supporters by non-Trump supporters. We had a shooting of an unarmed woman for committing a misdemeanor by a policeman who was whose identity was shielded and record of laxity was shielded. We had FBI, we had all of, that's not even being discussed. All it is is iconic proof of white supremacy insurrection. And then it's bookended with 120 days of rioting encapsulated on May 31st of 2020 when mm-hmm. the left went in broke through Lafayette Park and almost stormed out Man Secret say, Secret Service agent in an effort to what flood federal iconic property called what is more, more iconic than the white house got the same stature as a Capitol, and they were wanting to get into the White House, and they were stopped. The president and his first family were evacuated, and there's no mention of it. So it's kind of a fetish, January 6th. It it has to be seen in the context of the November elections when there are no issues there for the Democrats except self-created disasters, which they won't talk about. They have no ideas how to stop it. Even if they did, they wouldn't. And so it's going to be from now in November, Putin's price hike, Roe versus Wade, January 6th, assault, automatic weapons. That's what we're going to hear. Victor, we got one more
1: thing to talk about, and that's Joe Biden riding a bicycle. And we'll talk about that right after these important messages. We're back with the Victor Davis Hanson Show. Victor, I'd like to recommend to our listeners to find your piece you wrote about the January 6th committee. What the January 6th committee might have been, I think you've talked about that with uh, Sammy Wink on a recent podcast, but there's one little line here. The committee's role is not inquiry, but confirmation of a useful narrative. The end. That's on American Greatness website. It's also at VictorHanson.com. Victor we mean I'm gonna be a little mean about an event that happened a few days ago from when this podcast is airing and that's Joe Biden riding a bicycle falling off a bicycle okay people fall off bikes well you didn't fall off a bike but your bike broke under you I know so there's nothing okay haha funny about it except it is yet another kind of symbol of weakness and who the hell is the leader of the free world Victor Two things about Biden. One is the crowd. It struck me as that before he fell off his bike, the crowd seemed to be, uh, oh, cheering him on like he was a little kid. Like, oh, isn't it nice? Uh, like you'd somehow when we treat the elderly as we treat children. Good for you. There was that kind of tone which bothered me, but I just throw the bike stuff out there for the hell of it. The more important and t- troubling thing about Joe Biden, by the way, that came out, this week is some news about what might have been in his daughter's diary his daughter ashley this was this famous diary she left it in a hotel someone found it sold it project veritas has it the fbi was you know on the lookout we we got to find this diary who sold it why etc but news in there the, you know dad showered with her as a, obviously as a kid which she Associated with her own problems related to sex, and then there was some line in there that she was concerned she would maybe had been molested, but she never said by whom.
3: Apply it was. I think she used the word hypersexualized, didn't she? In an early yes,
1: day. yes, in an early yeah. So that again, like this is you know, it's not so much falling off a bike, Joe. It's creepy, Joe, in many ways, including I, I can't remember her name, the lady who accused him of, uh, you know, sodomizing her, which, of course, went away. Very little news about daughter Ashley's uh, diary charges. Victor, you have any any thoughts about any of this?
3: Wow. You know, I think there's a lot of reasons why Joe Biden will not run for president in 2024. And much of it hinges on the fact that they're going to lose the House and probably the Senate. When they lose the House, there are going to be investigations. And one of the investigations will be the Biden consortia, how they profited the brother-in-law, Hunter, the hangers-on, whether it was in Ukraine or Russia or China. And that's going to be devastating. And that's really going to destroy the idea of old joe biden who has all these beautiful houses and all this suddenly on the the salary of a senator Mm -hmm. and then there's going to be an investigation of the personal use and the doj of the fbi as a retrieval service and that means if hunter lost his gun that he lied about when he got a permit there somebody's going to find it i.e government if he left his crack pipe somebody's going to find it and squash that story if he lost his laptop somebody's going to find it if a daughter lost her diary then the fbi is going to get involved again and they're going to they're going to investigate that so there's going to be that issue the second issue is that he's cognitively he fell off a bite you know i don't know if he was clicked in or not but the idea that a 79 year old would if he did would click in is insane and the 79-year-old shouldn't even be riding a bike like that, that hybrid bike. I have a hybrid bike like that. And they're very hard to get on and off when you get older. And I'm going to, when I get over this COVID, I'm going to get a kind of a sway where you can get on and off, not quite a girl's bike, but they have them for men that are easier. But the idea that he, you know, he just stopped and he either didn't click out or he he didn't get his feet or his feet wouldn't reach the ground. I don't know what it was, but he fell over when he wasn't moving. I'm not one of those people who says, you oh, know, wow, look at old Joe Biden, because I, I, as you said, I had a catastrophic bike when my my carbon fork disintegrated. But that just highlights the fact that remember he broke his foot jack when right after the election he had that big boot on. He said right. his dog, I, I don't, his dog knocked him over in the right. bathroom, and then right. he fell on that. So. He's not physically or cognitively, we know, up to the job. So that's the second issue. The crime family and all the FBI and and then this. But there's also these other issues, and that is they, they strike at the heart of the left. Remember what the left says. Women must be believed. Remember that, Senator Hirono, during the Kavanaugh hearings? Women must be believed. Take that issue. This guy, Joe Biden... There was a credible complaint by Tara Reid that he sexually assaulted her. And it. since they set the precedent, you go back to decades with Brett Kavanaugh. This was not when Joe Biden was 18. This was when he was a senator. And it was so convincing because her own mother called up a talk show and mentioned her daughter being assaulted by a very prominent Washingtonian. So there was some corroborating evidence and that was completely lost. And then we had the serial Joe Biden from Scranton. Good old Joe, Uncle Joe, just like that uncle, you know, that he likes to. And then this is where it got creepy. I don't have an uncle or a grandparent or an old guy who would come over to my house and in front of me, take one of my two daughters and blow in their ear or smell their hair or kiss them when they turned away, or squeeze their shoulders. There was one associate who got a little handsy, and everybody in the family knew about it. So when he came over, they just basically said, make sure no girls are in the vaginal vicinity of him. But that was that's a pathology, and it got so bad. Remember, we had that uh, politician, I think she was from Nevada or New Mexico, that openly complained, and then he had to go on that TV and that, that film about how he confessed that he was from a different generation where mm-hmm. being handsy was accepted. No, it wasn't. It wasn't accepted then. Okay. But my point is that when you look at the way that he treats women and he dismisses them, uh, it's not a good picture. He just thinks he can intrude on their space. And he's done that for years. And the left said nothing. So that was another concern that should have been a fatal concern, given the left's uh, sanctimoniousness on issues of gender. Then we get to the racial issue. And this is a guy who talked about the jungle. Remember that Uh, when he was a senator, the jungle, the crime jungle and all that. And then we heard about the donut shop. And then we heard about Barack Obama being the first articulate black presidential candidate, as if Barbara Jordan wasn't a genius, which she was. She spoke the king's English. No matter, Joe doesn't even think when he opens his mouth. And then we had uh, Put You All in Chains. People forgot that in 2012 when he attacked Romney. He was addressing a audience of black professionals, very gifted, accomplished professionals, when he emulated that Southern act. Put you all back in chains.
1: Yeah. Super fly.
3: Uh, <laughs> who has the power to do that to, to capable people? They weren't going to let anybody put them back in chains. Right. Right. And then we got into the corn pop. Remember that saga, the corn pop, where the black children looked at his little golden hairs on his leg and asked if they could pet them? And then he got some sawed-off chain, and he man Joe Biden, who was going to take Trump behind the gym and beat him up, or slam, he slammed the head of some teenager on the counter for insulting his dog. So we had that. And then we had, hey... Junkie, remember that about the journalist said, "Hey, junkie," and then mm-hmm. you ain't then you ain't black. So I'm getting out this latest story about his own daughter saying that she felt hypersexualized at a early age, and a family member. I don't think she was referring to to Biden necessarily or at all, but uh, she had been, I guess, intimate with a family member or that in some type of bizarre way. But then she said, and then showered at an age that was inappropriate with her father. That fits a pattern is what I'm trying to tell you about his attitude toward women and his insensitivity or obliviousness that women, you don't touch women that don't want you to be touched. You don't blow in their hair. You don't squeeze them. You don't feel them. You don't kiss them. You don't penetrate them with your digit. You don't take showers at all at all i had two daughters and i can tell you that i never took a shower I, a yeah to me and too I, I can't i, I, I can think the only time i saw them i think i can say in undress, is maybe when they were born and i wasn't a very good diaper changer i was gonna ask but okay. maybe when they were six weeks old yeah but right. my point is that Anybody who's a father and you have a small house or something, you don't want to get even, you want to respect the opposite sex privacy at that age when people are very self conscious and that you have no business other than as a parent to reassure a child that you're here to ensure that they have a childhood and a childhood is defined without having sexuality brought into it, much less within the confines of the home. That's the first responsibility of a parent. And so when his daughter, who's had a lot of problems, says she was hypersexualized and mentions it. So what I'm getting at is you've got all these, as I use that metaphor too much, these tessera in this mosaic, corruption, misuse of the DOJ, cognitive and physical problems sexual, gender issues that the left would have disqualified anybody. Does anybody think right now if Ivanka wrote, if it came out that Ivanka was taking a shower? Remember when Donald Trump said something, I've got a fine daughter, and they all said that was horrible? Mm -hmm. And I I thought it was inappropriate. but It was inappropriate. (laughs) It was, but they went nuts over that. And so then you have the sexual angle and then the racial angle. And this is all bookending the real issue is that every single issue policy this man has adopted has almost destroyed the country in a mere 16 months and i just don't think i don't think they're going to let him run they being the donors that run their democratic party they're not going to do it and they don't know how to solve that problem because you've got Kamala harris right and you can't just (laughs) i think right now I'm really serious, Jack. I think right now there's a Zoom conference going on today, and there's about 20 zillionaires, the Silicon Valley guys, the bankers, the Wall Street guys, and then right. the politicians. And they're saying, now, wait, there's got to be a way that we declare him or he comes up and for the sake of the country says he can't do the job and steps down. But then we don't automatically 25th Amendment get Kamala Harris. We can't spiral Agnew because we don't have any. So how do we do this? Is there a way that he can appoint somebody? I mean, they're going to think of every possible right. contortion of the Constitution and the amendments to find a way to get somebody in there other than Kamala Harris, but not Joe Biden to continue. Because if he I were to continue, he's going to ruin the party. Yeah,
1: she'd have to quit. He'd have to quit. And that would make Nancy Pelosi precedent.
3: So. I guess they'd have to, <laughs> they'd have to find a Senate seat or something for, her, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or yeah. maybe, cause she seems maybe that Zuckerberg or somebody in Google or somebody could come in and say, you know what, I'm going to make you the vice president for diversity, equity, and inclusion at $10 million a year with $20 million in stock options and yeah. commit, you know, three or 400 million to it and then ask her to resign. and Right. And then he would st- let her resign. She can say, I'm very shocked. that uh, I, I don't want to be a part of an administration that has such a poor treatment of women or minorities or something like that, yeah. saving grace. And then they can get, but then I don't know what they do. I mean, then it goes to what, Nancy Pelosi? Yeah. Ke- Kevin McCarthy. I mean, they don't believe in the Constitution. So obviously they're thinking of a way to do something and this all goes back, I would just say again, this all goes back. I know that Ilya Shapiro was attacked for a very unartful, that was his words, tweet. But it all goes back that any time you, whether it was in the racist past, Jim Crow or wherever, any anytime you limit a search or an appointment to race and gender, it's not going to work. So when Joe Biden tried to demagogue the George Floyd May 2020 shooting, so that he could get a spurt and make sure that his base would support him, and said he was going to pick a black woman. And you surveyed the number of black women that were in positions of power traditionally accorded that would nominate or qualify somebody for vice presidential nomination. That would be a governor or a senator. Not that House members haven't done it on occasion. You were basically left with (laughs) Kamala Harris. Or Stacey Abrams, the sort of pseudo governor who says she was still governor, even though she lost and nobody wanted that. Right. And so that's why you ended up with her. Well, Victor, we're running a little tight today
1: for time for this uh, podcast. Again, we're recording on the 19th, and this will be up on Thursday, the 23rd. We're going to talk about two quick topics in here. One, we'll stay on Joe Biden and we'll talk about his crusade for LG. BT uh, writes, And how about we'll do that right after these important messages.
4: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild With available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey
1: we're back with the victor davis hansen show yeah we're going to talk about biden and his executive order on LGBTQ, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and trans rights, etc., and uh, hopefully there'll be a little time that we can talk about Pete Buttigieg, who's
3: uh, fine. <laughs> I try- knew you fine. were going to do that. Uh, what did I do to you this week, Jack? Can well, you deserve time, that?
1: I think people like to hear you rant. <laughs> he, he he gets the rant out of you. So before we do that, let me quickly say, folks, if you love Victor's writing and this thought, and you are not a subscriber to victorhansen.com, something's wrong. You got to correct that. So go to victorhansen.com, $5 a month, $50 for a year. What's it get you? Well, it gets you access to the many, many ultra, that's what they're called, ultra articles. Those are the exclusive pieces that Victor writes only for victorhansen.com. It's well worth it. Test it out, five bucks. If you don't like it, you don't like it. If you like it, it's $50 for the year. That's for me, Jack Fowler. I write civil thoughts for the Center for Civil Society at American Philanthropic. and We are trying to strengthen civil society. And my Civil Thoughts is a weekly email newsletter. It has a dozen, 12, 13, 14 suggested readings, no cost, no strings attached. We're not selling your name to anyone. I think you'll like it. So you sign up for it. Civilthoughts.com. Center for Civil Society.com is the mothership. And you should check that out too. So, Victor, the other day, Joe Biden, remember, Joe wasn't a socialist. He's just a normal guy. You know what? This guy is such a freaking left winger. It's not funny. Now, it, it, he, he put out, as you know, this really aggressive executive order on LGBTQI+. plus. Here's one of the things. Of the many items where Joe is directing Joe, like he's my pal, the president Oh, my gosh, is directing the executive offices and agencies to do X, Y and Z. Here's one fighting back against state level attacks on LGBTQI children. The Department of Justice has intervened and filed statements of interest in lawsuits across the country, challenging state laws that seek to ban transgender children from accessing gender affirming health care and participating in school activities as unconstitutional. There are many other things in this document. Of course, it's, it's public documents available at the whitehouse.gov. So, Victor, you gotta look back and remember, it was Joe Biden who, as vice president, let the cat out of the bag on gay marriage. He did. Um, and now he is, you know, leading the crusade here uh, for uh advancing these quote unquote rights, part of which is taken by experts in this area as trying to tamp down. Anyone in the psychological and medical community that says, you know what, trans giving, uh, uh, you know, the 10 year olds uh, hormone blockers and cutting off body parts and removing their organs, etc." is something that really needs to be thought out more or their dangerous implications, et cetera, et cetera. No, that has to be shut down, uh, canceled, not permitted. So, Victor, here's Joe Biden on these matters, your thoughts, and then we'll move on to Petey Boy.
3: You know, this is so strange because the left was a party that said, remember, Nancy Pelosi can't finish a sentence without we're doing this for the children. But a lot of these very, very dangerous radical surgeries or radical hormone supplementation or radical pharmaceutical interventions are going to have lifelong effects. And we don't know what they're going to be, all of them. And we know that people from, say, 8 to 12 to 15, are in a very mercurial period of their lives. And what they feel as certainty at 14, they might not feel at 25. So rather than have a slow process where the scientific community weighs in and says, these are the long-term effects of transgender replacement or transgender surgeries or intervention, we don't do any of that. We just go, this is an issue that we're going to leverage political support from, and we're going to attack the right with it. Therefore, it's unimpeachable. You can't mention it. You can't, And it has to be, even though it may affect 0.05, at least before this trend started to gain media support, 0.5% of the population at most, we're going to make it one of the pillars of the left-wing agenda. And- we're living in la-la land. It just, it's 20 years ago from now, people are going to look back at this and they're saying, oh, my God, these people destroyed a lot of people's lives. They focused on this when there were other health issues that they were right. during COVID. Right. So I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I can tell you that I'm a guy who really believes that the way to get over something is to push it to go, I had COVID for five days, I had no fever, I had negative tests, and then I just went out on a circuit speaking, I rode every day, I went to 15 days in Israel, and it didn't work with this long COVID. But my point is this, Jack, we've got about 30% of the people who get COVID, that's pretty much the statistic that you hear about that don't get over it. And we're labor short. I'm not talking about a medical issue only. We're labor short right now. We're subsidizing long labor non-participation. But I have met people working out here on my insane house rehabilitation project, at least three people, maybe four, who are muscular, strong, young people. And they got COVID and they, they were wiped out and couldn't fully work. That's an issue right now that's affecting millions of people and might affect the labor productivity of this country. And we're not talking about it. We're talking about this. And it makes no sense to change the topic. The port of Los Angeles is not working. The trains are Wild West robbing in and out of the port. This is the purview of Pete Buttigieg. Why isn't he down there every day holding a press conference? This is what we're doing. Why is he giving sermons on abortion? Why are any of these people doing all of this stuff? When we're in a crisis and airlines, he weighed in on the airlines and he's going to have a stress test and he's going to not allow a route to be continue unless it has a. That's not the problem. The problem is that during COVID, a lot of people felt that because of general subsidies and decline in air travel, they retired if they were. And they've been out of the workforce two years and they don't want to come back. And a lot of people feel there's other ways to make more money. And a lot of people think they were getting subsidies, so why go back? And then we've understood that when you borrow a trillion, two trillion, three trillion for redistribution, you're not investing in airports. You're not investing in finding innovative ways to make this broken thing work. But we're not talking about that. He just comes along lately and said, well, I can't talk about gay issues today. I cannot talk about transgendered issues. I can't talk about race issues. My job says I got to talk about the port or I've got to talk about airlines. I, I don't know anything about that. That's not why I was appointed. The first thing they said was I was the first gay cabinet member in the tran- uh, department, of just right. like the first gay black woman press secretary. And so it's really, if you think about it, Carefully, it's very counterproductive because you start with the premise that Joe Biden is an utter incompetent and the people around him are hardcore political activists. And so all of them have an unenviable task of trying to carry out a bankrupt agenda that won't work. And then you appoint as many minorities engaged as you can, and they're going to take the fall for it. So you're going to have the first black female press secretary who is going to have to explain the worst administration in history. You're going to have the first gay transportation secretary who's going to have to explain the worst transportation problem in history. And so that's what's so ironic about it. He's picking people on the basis of their race and gender. But because he's incompetent, they're going to not I mean, people are not going to care the more they talk about their race or gender, the more they're going to say you're incompetent.
1: Right. This is one cabinet agency where it kind of begs to put someone with competence, maybe not necessarily transportation competence. Right. But, uh, what was damn. his,
3: what was his I mean, Jack, what was his, um, qualification
1: claim to fame mayor?
3: mayor of South he put country. in,
1: he put in bicycle racks in uh, South Bend, I think. And then he was honestly, what, he, he was I, on I think maternal, that was maternal
3: maternity leave. Well,
1: he was trying to learn months. how to chest chest feed, I think. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't,
3: can't open his mouth without sounding sanctimonious and self-righteous and smarter than everybody. Yeah. And he was just gaga for the left loved him, but he had no record of accomplishment. If Joe Biden really believed in marginalized people, what he would have done was appoint all white male heterosexual Christians to his cabinet. So then they had to carry out his horrendous self-destructive policies. And then the left could have said, see All those white males you appointed do in the country, but he didn't do that, did he? Well, Victor,
1: that's about almost all the time we have. I want to thank our listeners for listening. Here's one comment we had from someone who posted such at Apple Podcasts. By the way, you can go there and rate the show one to five stars. It's a 4.9 average. And we thank all those who leave the five-star rating. So they not take the time to do anything. Here's someone who took time to leave a comment. And it's koki 67 who writes, loving the angry side of Dr. Hanson. I didn't know there was an angry side to you, Victor. Uh, (laughs) Koki writes, from someone whose podcast playlist was mostly filled with total nonsense, entertainment, pop culture, junk, et cetera. You have gone to the top of my list, all caps, exclamation points. I find myself several times a day looking to see if a new one of yours is downloaded. Hooray when you pop up. I especially enjoyed your latest, and I, for one, appreciated your anger. People are getting sicker by the hour of the dismal demise that this dictator and company is brought upon our nation can november please come faster keep speaking the truth and on a side note try to not be so hard on yourself about your seemingly slow recovery from COVID. i felt out of my head brain body for months give it some more time courtney martin so Koki 67 wonder, thank yeah, you
3: that's nice you know i want to just take a very brief second yeah I get a lot of emails from listeners, and they're really wonderful. They'll say, I was down for three months. I was down for two months. Try this. Try that. And I, I listened and read every one of them. And I take a lot of supplements. I take a lot of volumes. I'm a guinea pig of, of uh, things that might work because I'm restless. I want to I get back. I look at it two steps forward, Jack, one step back. And yeah. I'm only on week seven, and I'm, I am going to be well by week nine. How's that?
1: But let me just say this then, Victor, to praise you.
3: Have you missed writing a column? Have you missed no, a deadline? I've never missed. I have not, except... I missed No, I'm, I've never missed it. I write 800 words for a syndicated column and 2,000 words for American Greatness. And then I write three alphas a week. So I do five yeah. columns a week, and then I do four hours of podcasting. I do my regular job. I'm working on a book. And right. what really, I think, did me in was because of this house, unexpected January problem in the wiring, I started speaking a lot. And I mean, nothing is worse under present transportation situation or airlines is to fly out of a place like Fresno or San Jose and then have to take a connection. And then I thought I was indestructible at 68 and I'd had Delta, I had the Moderna and I didn't quit. I thought No big deal. Delta two days, three days, big deal. I was well by four days. I get this fever a week. I'll go right back on. I got a tour to lead in Israel. And I kind of I would just tell everybody that if you get ill for a week and you possibly I don't like people say, oh, you got to go rest for a month. How's the guy who's a plumber? rest? It's really insensitive to say that people have a lot of people depending on them. But to the degree that you can rest, and I've been blessed with a very wonderful wife, and she is a master student of meditation. And I can't meditate, but she's always telling me, just lay down, calm down, take some deep breaths, relax. And to the degree that I follow her advice, it always makes me feel Good for an hour or two. So I'm learning. At an old, an old dog, Jack can learn to do <laughs> tricks. Even hey, never mind. Yeah, an old Queensland healer dog like myself. Yeah. someday, yeah, you know, we didn't talk about learn. those. I yeah. said that to her the other day. I said I am trying my best to change my evil ways and learn to calm down and meditate. And that once I do that. As I said to her the other day, once I sleep seven hours uninterrupted, I'm yeah. over this.
1: I think you're pretty chill as chill goes, though, Victor. I was interrupting you to say, you know, I meant several weeks ago, you wrote this great series of dogs and we got to talk about them on a future podcast. Anyway, we have run out of time. I Thank you, Victor again for sharing your wisdom for let me be part of this now i really i'm very oh, grateful no, for that I, I,
3: we owe you jack no the, no. the <laughs> audience and myself owe you you've done a wonderful job oh, as you right. have for years well it's great to be associated with you
1: and thanks so much thanks to our listeners for listening and we will be back soon with another episode of
3: the victor davis
1: Hanson show
3: thanks thank you everybody very deeply appreciated when you tune in